I gave you everything that you need here. I gave you every person that you need to impact right now. If you could be obedient and faithful with the little, with the now, then I got your tomorrow. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is a space where each and every week we come to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. If you're an OG listener, you consider yourself to be a purpose chaser from anywhere in this world. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you. And if you're brand new, make sure you stick around. You are going to love this community. Here's what we believe and here's what we know to be true. Wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the 12th century original definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. And so every week we unpack what we call the six pillars of wealth, and we look to find the other areas of our life that are impacting our finances, even when we're not thinking about it. So if you're brand new, subscribe now. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to go ahead and do that. And also check out patricewashington.com forward slash start here so you can be introduced to the truth about wealth. Now, in today's episode, I am so excited. I sat down with a spoken word phenom, Ezekiel Azanwu, and we discussed the X factor. This is so good, you guys. It's about how to get to success and overflow in a way that many of us struggle with. And he says that when you get this down, you will literally defy science. This is so good. Listen, before we jump into the episode, though, let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I am faithful in the now. With who I am and where I am and what I have today, I will actively pursue those things that I have been assigned to. I understand that I was equipped before the vision dropped in my spirit, and to complete my calling does not require perfection, but obedience. Being faithful in the now requires me to not be happy when, but honest today. It requires that I humble myself enough to recognize that the creator who designed me for the task at hand would already be aware of my perceived shortcomings, past failures, and present circumstances. And yet, he chose me. So I will not wait until I, in my limited understanding, believe it's time. I will believe that it's time today and take action now. Declare today, I am faithful in the now. Today's guest is son of Nigerian immigrants, Ezekiel Azanwu. He's no stranger to making the most of what has been given to him. 
In 2015, he founded the Poets in Autumn Tour, affectionately known as the PIA Tour, and it's currently the fastest growing urban inspirational tour in the country and the largest poetry tour in history. Touring the world and back, PIA has become a wildfire-like movement amongst urban millennials and continues to push the limits on the spoken word experience. As of recent, he's joined his wife to be modern pioneers of Christian relationship experiences and resources such as the Whole Truth Reality Dating Show, the Whole Truth Game Cards, as well as authoring books, The Whole Woman and The Whole Man. As a husband and father of five, Ezekiel strives to exude his passion for Christ and love people through his gift with words. Without further ado, please welcome... Ezekiel, welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, cousin. I'm so excited to be. Look, I was cousin the first day we saw each other. It was just meant to be. (laughs) I know. You know what? The podcast is so much my baby that I am very protective of it, right? So I don't just like let people pitch or we don't just invite folks. It's like I have to have a connection, a vibe, have been following you, reading your stuff, all of those things. Yeah. And, you know, the day that we met, it was actually through texting first because I rented your yeah. your space and you were yeah. checking in. And, and yeah. so within a few texts, it was like, this is my friend. Hey, cousin. <laughs> it was so weird. And I said, I yeah. could pick up on the amazing energy just yeah. through text, talking about being from L.A., yeah like that whole that whole thing and then when we got to the space we did our content planning day which everything turned out so beautiful Um, we did that content planning day and then you came like to make sure everything was good and all the girls on the team were like do you know who that is Uh, do you know who that is i'm like what is happening that's the man that rented us the space that's my right He my cousin today, but right. I, I have no idea. And so the whole way that it all came about was oh, just so man. divine. Ah, oh, so divine for real, for and so so crazy. I had already been following you uh, way before that day. I mean, maybe a year and a half ago. I just saw some of your stuff online. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm online with what she's kicking. Let me, yeah, let me just uh, follow now. And I just been amazed at the journey. So I had no idea that I was talking to you when we were texting. So it was just, you know, it was just crazy. It's crazy. I, you know, I keep having those experiences too, where Mm -hmm. I think I, I happenstance upon someone, right? Like it's, Oh, I randomly see this person. And then somehow they actually end up being an intricate part of my life. This is happening Mm. with like a coach with like business friends, like just different areas. It's like, you never know how those seeds are being planted and how it all comes about. So I say that to say, I'm so excited about our chat today because I know it's going to be so divine. So I have to just get straight to it. So redefining wealth, you know, we believe in chasing purpose, not money. That's the whole thing. It's it's on the shirt. If y'all can see. Okay. They know the shirt. They know the shirt. Okay. So, you know, when my producer actually arranged this interview, she pulled this quote and it literally took my breath away. I was like, oh, I know this is going to be good. It's from uh, a quote from your spoken word piece right now. And it said, the most dangerous people walking on this planet are not terrorists. They are people who are called by God and yet refuse to walk in purpose. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Okay, we y'all pulling get into this. Oh, we pulling <laughs> quotes for wait a minute. We have to get into this. Mm-hmm. What has your journey with purpose been like and what led you to even 
that statement? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, it's just been me following. I've just been following the voice of God and just unapologetically. Every time that I tried to do things my own way and try to make it happen, it never worked out that way. But when I just kind of let go and allow and not fought, not fight against his voice, then the places that I thought I would get to by struggle, by labor, he allowed me in rest to get into the doors that I walked into. I don't even really have to bang on. I didn't have to kick them open. They were opened gently for me because I was just being obedient. And that's really what, what I aspire to do. I just, I'm, I'm just obedient. And in the places that he allows me to be in, I just choose to be faithful in those places. I honor him in those places. I try to honor people in those places and God has opened doors. So in regards to purpose, I just feel like I don't, I'm not the type of person that is so locked in to what my hands are currently on in the particular moment, but rather I want to make sure that what my hands are on is aligned with his heart in that moment. Because right now it might look like this tomorrow. It might look like something else, but where is my heart in that entire place? And the last thing I want to be is not faithful where God has me. And that's why I say it's really, really dangerous because I could be chasing something else. I could be doing what I want to do, but how many people can be affected and impacted by my obedience? So many. And that's why it's so dangerous because I have an answer. I have a cure. Okay. I got you, baby boy. I got you. I got the antidote. I got the cure, but I'm doing my own thing. So people are falling by the wayside because of it. And that's why I say uh, walking in purpose is so important because there are so many people tied to the answer that you carry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you said so much. Oh, I feel like we could just be like, OK, so that was it. That's why we <laughs> that that message alone. OK, so I love that you talked about being faithful basically where you are, where you're planted, because Mm -hmm. I think that there's this idea of, you know, we're so looking forward to where we want to go and what Mm. we believe the vision is and where Mm. we think it should be that I find that many of us neglect Mm -hmm. where God has already put us and the people that we're already called to impact and the environments that we're already called to have influence on. We disregard that. Always mm. looking to, uh, I'll be happy when when I get over there. That's funny. Is, you you you're, you're doing the whole spoken word piece. Like you, I don't know if you heard the whole poem, but no. it's almost word for word what you're saying, literally. That it's called right now, and I, I wrote that poem based on it was for me. It was me journaling. Like God, I want to do this. I want to do these great things, but I can't do it until I get my budget like this. I can't do that until. I, I, you know, I get recognized in this area, but my following has to be up here. And God sat me down and said, wait, but did, what about your children? They don't know how much uh, I love, I love, I love them right now through you. What about your neighborhood? What about your current church? What about the things you got your hand on right now? Are they being fully impacted? Are they seeing the full me through you? And it's just that challenging question. It's like, how many of us are just looking past Mm-hmm. what God has placed before us to try to reach. I call it to try to Christopher Columbus our way, our way through life. Like we're just looking towards the next thing to try to conquer. And it's like, yo, I gave you everything that you need here. I gave you every person that you need to impact right now. If you could be obedient and faithful with the little, with the now, then I got your tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. That is so true. And no, I did. I have not heard the whole piece at all. Okay. Crazy. Um, I literally, she shared that quote with me and I was like, oh, yes, we're starting right here. I just wow. felt this so much. What does it look like 
for someone who is not clear to be faithful where you are in terms of using your gifts, even in relationships, like whatever. What does it actually look like practically? Yeah, I always say that God designed us very beautifully in this way that he allows us to be filled with our pouring out. And so and if you don't know what that means, then then understand, like, even if you've never or I'll put it like this, if you've ever had a pet or if you have a child, that child could cry. That child can actually offer you nothing. But holding that child, feeding that child literally fills you up. It satisfies you to give to that child. And that's almost what walking in purpose is like. It doesn't it doesn't destroy me. It doesn't hurt me to give of myself in places that God has called me because in my pouring out, I'm getting filled up. That's how you know that you're walking in purpose. You're getting filled filled up with your pouring out because, and it's this, it's this beautiful cycle that's created. So some people are just like, well, I just don't know what it is. Well, what has God allowed you to, to do that you can pour out and be filled by the pouring out? And a lot of times that thing is tied. Maybe it might not be a vocation, but it is the dynamic that God has called you to. Maybe it may be to, you know, make people laugh or it may be to um, give information and people just enlightened by the information. Tomorrow, today you might be doing credit repair. Tomorrow you might be a pastor, but it's still the same dynamic. And so that's how I believe, uh, I think that is the easiest way to discover where where does God allow you to be filled in your pouring out? You literally put words to what our mantra is, right? So I, at the end of every episode, remind people that my purpose is to help Mm. you live your purpose and find fulfillment, Mm. earn more without ever chasing money. Wow. Right? And that my fulfillment piece is, the way that I see it is exactly how you described it. It is in the pouring out Mm. that I get filled up. So when Mm. I see what using my gifts can do for other people. And I see that ripple effect and you see chains broken and Mm. you see planet, you see people like having these aha moments. That for me is more fulfilling than Mm. any house, car, any jewelry. Mm -hmm. Like, and I like nice things, Mm -hmm. but they don't fill me up. I'm not filled up just by stuff. I'm filled up by the impact I have on people. And in order to see and witness your impact, you have to be willing to pour out first. Wow. That's good. That's so good. That's so good. That's straight up. So obviously we just been Siamese twinning it just at at a distance. That is so good. That is so good. And I'm, I, I've seen, you know, some of the impact that you've made and it's just so amazing that, I mean, this is how you're able to move past hard days. It's that fulfillment that comes out of that pouring out. It's just like, man, but it's worth it. It's worth the hard days. It's worth worth the long hours. It's worth the, I can't do it or I don't feel like it. Well, I'm going to push past because that fulfillment that I get, it's God ordained. It's God given. Yeah. Like it, do, it literally, this is the one thing that I believe it defies science. It's, that's why it's a, such a God thing. It defies science. Like what can mm-hmm. actually be filled up by emptying? And it's literally, it's, it's the God dynamic. He sent his son, but the Bible says it pleased him to bruise him. 
Like, come on. Like, this is this is this is God stuff. It's a God trait of ours that he's given us the ability to to be willing to give ourselves and to get something in return that money can't buy. Like, and so I just I, it makes me excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. When you said defy science. Mm-hmm. I felt that thing. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt that thing. It's, uh-huh. it's the reason too. sometimes I find it really, really hard to try to explain mm. some things to people. You know, I really do believe that God is always speaking to us in so many different ways, in so, <laughs> so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And you try to explain to people what leads you to do certain things because, I believe a lot of my success has not been very logical. Come on. Very clear that there's been no logic to it. So even though I support women, mostly women through my business coaching, the thing that I'm that I often lead with is like, you got to learn to hear God for yourself. Now, I'm going to teach you the practical nuts and bolts, and I'm going to share with you the things that have been impactful for me as a podcaster, as a speaker, as as an author and all these things. But at the end of the day. You're going to have to learn to hear, to seek, to hear, Mm. to believe, Mm. to trust, to follow Mm. God for yourself, because my path is not your path. Your path is not the next person's path. And so Mm. much of what has transpired in my life is not logical. It was literally an act of obedience. It was not Mm. that I was the smartest. It wasn't that, you know, I had the best proposal. I wasn't the most excellent at it. But it, a lot of it was divine timing. It w- there were divine relationships. Yes. There were divine encounters, like randomly meeting you at the, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like choosing a place on peer space right. and ending right. up selecting your space for that right. day when you could come and uh, my girl happened to be And I'm never, I'm never there. I'm never on location. I have my host that usually run the location. I'm usually never there. That's so crazy to me. <laughs> and that yeah. that's what I consider the X factor. Like you could give people the formula, but there's an X factor. That factor X, it's different for everyone because the voice of God is saying something specific for them. So while everybody can work with a similar formula, that factor X is the specific voice of God is that is that uh, it's the God thing that you cannot explain because it didn't come from you. Like you didn't originate it. They don't got a formula for that. They don't got a recipe for that. The world can't give it to you. You can't buy it. And what you're, what, when you're, when you're giving them the, the formula, I'm glad that you communicate. Yeah, I'm giving you all of these steps. You got it one by look, but at the end of the day, if you're ignoring what, what he's putting on your heart, if you're, then you're going to miss, you're going to miss the whole thing because mm-hmm. oftentimes, sometimes what he may be sharing, maybe taking you down a path that, like you said, does not make sense, but it's never been done before. It's never been seen before. No one's going to like that voice of God is that X factor that changes everything. Yeah. Changes everything. Mm-hmm. So let's get into how this has directed your path because mm-hmm. I know we have the the spoken word background and the poetry, and then there's also the content spaces. Yeah. There's also <laughs> the relationship piece. Oh, man. How did you even see all these things coming together? Did you see it? What was your path? Yeah. This is one of those things that is just really, really hard to explain. And I just feel like sometimes... I really feel that, that God literally orchestrates it and he engineers and he sits back and says, yeah, I knew that that was happening. But a lot of this stuff, I, I could not, 
I couldn't even dream up if I wanted to. If I had the perfect dream, if I could orchestrate it my way, my dream would would have fallen short of what God has, has done. And I think that there has been, just like you said, a lot of divine relationship. Uh, when I first started with the spoken word, at first I was rapping and then I was introduced to the idea of spoken word by this group. They did a really amazing job at it. And I had a friend in that, that was part of that group. And uh, I was just like, man, I'm just blown away by what you guys do. And he said, man, you could do it. I, I laughed because what I saw them doing was just so far beyond what I could ever imagine. He, he invited me to perform one day for their event. I wrote a poem and I thought that would be my first and last poem. It in fact became that one poem literally took me around the world. Been doing spoken word. After that, I was doing spoken word and on the road for, I mean, even up until now, based on that, I never had nobody promote. It was literally YouTube and going viral on YouTube and, and continuing to produce stuff that people were just like, man, he's a poet. And I wasn't even a poet. That's the crazy part. I teach poetry now. And, you know, guys allow me to get into that stuff now, but I was never a poet. It's just like, okay, when I did it, I was just like, all right, God, what do you want me to do? It led me to, to quit my job. I knew he wanted me to quit my job, but I didn't want to because I'm Nigerian and we like money. <laughs> yeah. Even if I was getting paid, I'm just like, OK, well, I, let me do both. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new to me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, what I also love is that Armoire is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It led to like a guy had to shut it all down and I had to l listen to his voice a couple years later with the poetry tour. I just was just like, man, hey, like, God, if, if we're going to do this, I need a lot of help. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea was dropped in my lap. I wrote the notes down and I, I just had to go on Google. I said, how do you do a tour? And that's literally, I, I was looking up things like that, came up with a crazy proposal. I, I have to describe the proposal to, to some people one day, which I literally was able to, everyone I wrote that proposal to responded favorably. We did a tour with no money in the bank. Like literally it was hood. It was ghetto. That first <laughs> year was kind of ghetto, but we sold out every city that we went to wow. first time, just, just ghetto. And then after that, you know, it got better and better and bigger and bigger. And people were just like, but how, like at the time, those friends of mine, I didn't know, but happened to be, I guess, a few years down the line, the most demanded and respected poets, Christian poets in the world. And that's just like how like I mean, I, I look for we look for poets and we do auditions now. And it's so hard to get people of that caliber and they're doing all great things right now. So how did I become friends with them in that particular moment? That part, I can't tell you. <laughs> and so how did I do it? Well, I just, I really, I really honor God. At the time I was faithful at my church. Nothing was beneath me in a sense where I really wanted people to get to know God. I really did. The reason why I was rapping in that particular way is because when I was rapping, people were bobbing their heads to the beats and not listening to the actual words. So I said, I'm going to just put, I'm I'm not going to do it with uh, music. And that's what got the attention of the spoken word people. And so I was just like, okay, what like you got to really look at your heart. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Because I could have just said, well, y'all gonna get these beats because I'm trying to be a rapper. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm just trying to get I'm, I want to change lives. I want to do what God has called me to do. And those doors were just open organically. Mm-hmm. I ended up in a content creating space happened because of me getting my promotional stuff together. I started the, the, the spoken word tour and we needed locations to film for artists. I'm just like, man, I see other people having these spaces. I'm into interior design. I'm like, I can do it too. So I just stumbled into it like a hobby. And now it turned into a full blown business. We're about to, we're on our third one. I'm about to open that one and we're working on the fourth one. And so it's going crazy right now. So I, I mean, I don't have a formula. The X factor. That's all the I can X really factor. The X factor. <laughs> I think obedience is the X factor. Mm, that's good. Like that's trusting. Good. Because mm. a lot of us here, we just don't do anything with it. Wow. So you could have heard, <laughs> remove the music so that they mm. hear your words and, and, and then had a rebuttal. Well, they not, people not going to want that. What people wow. like to do is bob their head. People don't like to live because that's what we do, right? Like, we like True. we want to tell God. It's like Dang. like Moses is like, oh, I stutter, right? And God's like, who asked you? I called you. All of that. <laughs> I called you, right? But we all we all we've all done it, self included. Mm. We've all done it. But I find that when I'm obedient, my word for 2019 was actually in 2020, truthfully, was obedience. And I kept saying, God, what will my life look like if I listened to you the first time? Dang. What wow. will my life look like if I just listened to you the first time? And Ezekiel, when I tell you that changed my life over these last 18 months or so, my life will never be the same. Even when obedience requires me to be still. Cause I'm Belizean, you Nigerian. I'm Belizean. We like to do stuff. We gonna talk. Yes. We gonna talk more when we come back. Okay. From the break. Okay. 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 Good. Good. Uh oh. I 
I really love how Ezekiel talks about defying science. I really believe that when you're leading a purpose-driven, spirit-led life, that there are so many things that are just not going to make sense. But when we lean in and we trust, it ends up making all the sense in the world. So for me, I remember early in 2020 when I was in my prayer room and I dozed off for a little bit, not sure how long. But when I woke up, I felt this strong sense that I needed to go down to the basement where my home office was and literally erase the board. Just a week or two before, I had filled this huge whiteboard with all the things. I had learned so much in 2019 about funnels and about launches and about all these different ways that that I could run my business, all these different strategies and techniques. And I thought I had it all figured out. I mean, this board was filled with programs, with offerings, with new opt-ins and all types of things. I had arrows going every which way, what led to what. Things were color-coded. I mean, I took my time and I thought that I had the ultimate plan. And early in 2020, before we really knew what 2020 was going to become with the pandemic, I heard that voice, that still small voice. I felt that urge that I needed to erase the board. And I came downstairs and literally erased the board. And it wasn't too far after that, that I'm in the shower one day and I get this download about what will become Command the Stage. I feel compelled that I'm being called to train up the next generation of transformational speakers, like to teach light workers about how to truly tell their story and use their voice so that they can connect with the people that they're called to serve. And I had never thought about training speakers. It had never crossed my mind that I would be someone to take people through a framework that I hadn't even thought about. It was in the shower where I started to get all these glimpses and piece together all this stuff about what had made me a better speaker over the years. What was different about how I told my story versus how I even sit in audiences and watch other people tell their stories. And I got out the shower and literally wrote everything down. And it became the foundation of the curriculum for Command the Stage. I didn't, I had the intention of launching it as a live event after that moment. And so I booked a hotel. I shared about it on live. Before I booked the hotel, I just shared about listening to the downloads and the people that flooded in saying, well, when you do that, I'm ready. And how that just created this momentum. And I'm sharing that because so often I think we ignore those voices. We ignore those hunches. We trust information over our own intuition. And that, oh, that intuition is usually God-given, I believe. I believe that thing that's stirring up in our belly is usually from some higher source, a higher power that's, that's leading us in the direction of what's next. But when we are so filled with information, when our board is so filled with what we think is the thing and the plan, many of us miss out because we're trying to hold on to that plan above that still small voice that is guiding and leading us, that X factor that is always going to be the thing that's so different 
than what anyone else can do. And I think about Command the Stage and what I see the alumni from that program doing every day, how they're making such impact on podcasts and they're speaking on physical stages and how it's improved their programs and their launches and the things that they're doing. And I can't believe that what was, I can't believe it, but sometimes it still really like shocks me that what was a thought in the shower has become, I believe we're at about 160 people in the last year and a half or so who are out there doing their thing. And what a blessing it was to my business. And what a blessing that it actually replaced probably three or four things that I was going to try to force to make happen. And that would require me to be stretched so thin. It actually streamlines so much in my business and it's leading me more towards the peace and the ease and the grace that I say that I want. Because to be honest, that whiteboard was chaotic. It looked good and it was pretty, but it would have required over and beyond what I actually had the bandwidth to really do. And so what's going on in your life that if you trusted, it would allow you to use your X factor, defy science. So look, we're just talking about obedience sometimes will require you not to do something. We think it's just go do something. But I've had times when God was like, you better sit down. You better sit down. And I'm like, no, but I know what to do. I know I know how to push this. I know how to make it happen. I know how to market this. I know how to throw this event. I've done it before. I could do it bigger. I know more people. I have more money. I have more access to resources. I can do this. And the Holy Spirit was like, and who asked you though? Sit down. Now that's where I've been learning. Now let me tell you about a story where God sabotaged me <laughs> and my plans because I really just did not want to, I wanted to just enterprise that thing to the fullest extent. And God was like, nah, do it my way. I didn't want to listen to him. And that week lost everything. When I say I could not pay, I was renting at the time, could not pay rent over $130,000 in a week. And I've wow. never like, there is no logical explanation of why, like if, if I told you the story, you would be like, that was either Satan, <laughs> <laughs> but I, why I believe it was God sitting me down is because I saw the success and I wanted to manufacture the explosion of uh, the further explosion of it. I'm like, like you said, I got the, these funds. I got these ideas and they make sense. Like it makes sense. God's like, I got you this far and it didn't make sense. <laughs> Why are you trying to make sense and explode it? And he like, he got me together. And I was like, all right. He, what he said when, 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 when it was all said and done was this is my thing. And it's going to grow on my terms. And I said, okay, say less. And I watched him do it. I watched him do it. I allowed myself to like literally play second fiddle sidekick and let him grow the thing organically his way. And it grew better and bigger than I could 
have planned it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I, that's my story over and over again. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's get into how you added the relationship piece. Where did oh. all this come from? Okay, so that wasn't something that we added. This is something that my wife and I have been doing before we were married. We used to be at my dad's church. My dad's a pastor. We used to be at my dad's church doing, putting, uh, getting singles together on um, Valentine's Day. We would do it, and we would just we love to garner those discussions, and we love to 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 watch young people or young adults get together and talk about things that were important to us in regards to relationship because we realized that. You know, the church didn't really do the best job at making things happen in an organic way that just didn't feel like, you know, it just didn't feel weird. So we wanted to create a space that felt right to talk about things that were important to us and to have fun in that in that regard. So we've been doing that for a long time. But as you know, being married for we've been married for 13 years along the way, we've been seeing so many people celebrate my wife and myself. And we're just like, man, they're celebrating us. And they don't know the story. They don't know like what it, what it, they don't even know the fullness of who we are behind the scenes. And they don't know our friendship. They don't know, you know, the heels, the conflict resolution that we had to learn the, uh, the therapy, uh, that we had to end up going to. They didn't, they don't know the full story. We're like, we want to open up our lives and give people access to them, but more importantly, give them resources. We want to show them, know that we don't have these perfect lives that our pictures might make it seem like, but we actually want to give you the real and we want to show you the grace in it. And we want to show you mm-hmm. that it's possible. And so our heart is for singles. Every time singles get around us, we're always thinking of ways, Hey, look, what, where, where are you at? You want to be married? Okay. Let's talk. Yeah. Let, let me, what, what do you like? What, you know, what's holding you back? What are some of some of your, your traumas that you think are affecting you in those areas? So that's where the, the, the car game came up. It's just like, man, people seem to just be dating just to date. Why aren't people asking the critical questions? Why aren't people talking about things that matter? It's just lovey dovey. You're cute. You're cute. You're sexy. It's just like, okay, where's the <laughs> substance? And so these are, these, this is the reason why we started having more uh, conversations and bringing people to the table for that type of stuff. So what I, love about this is we do need to be more intentional about telling the truth behind the photos, right? Because social media really displays a whole bunch of, I mean, it's the highlight reel. It's the sizzle reel. It's all the, the really great stuff, but it's work. Yes. It is so much work. Mm -hmm. How do you determine how transparent you want to be or you and your wife want to be like, how do you guys come together and like determine what you're going to share? Cause have yeah. you ever said something that she looked at you now? Like we didn't, <laughs> we talk about everything. We talk about everything in advance. Of course, like I, we don't share things that we don't feel comfortable sharing, but we also feel like it does. It does a disservice to the world and the disservice to the church. It does a disservice to the world to try to portray a perfect image because it's a re- it, it becomes another door with a lock on it and to show them, hey, that we have a private club that you don't belong in. And for the for the church, it shows them, hey, this is a picture that you can never live up to. And it doesn't allow them to be vulnerable with us. Like we're supposed to initiate and lead in nakedness and vulnerability. We're supposed to show that that's OK. And with that, 
people have the confidence to come and to lay their stuff on the table and say, hey, here I am. What we have is the pandemic, pre-pandemic. We've been wearing masks before it was necessary. Like we've been hiding ourselves. What was the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they sinned? They hid themselves, not only from God, but from each other. And this is a symptom of sin. And so coming together to, to let people know, hey, I struggled. It's so liberating. Hey, oh, even yeah. to this day, this is an area that my wife wants me to grow in. Like the certain what, what we're doing when we try to give off this perfect image is we're trying to make it seem like we need Jesus less than they do. And that's like, why, why would we want to do that? That's a dishonor. Aren't we saved by him? Like I'm just a rescuee. Like I'm, I'm here to tell you that there is someone stronger. There is someone that we lean on. There is a rock, but we're trying to be the rock. And so yeah. I, I think that it's an, it's high time for us, especially those of their influencers, though, that people look to. We start to feel the responsibility more heavily because our pictures started going viral and they saw us as you know people to look to. We're like, hold on, hold on. We want to show you that, you know, we're trying to lead you to look to Jesus, not to us, because so many people started looking to us and mentor us. Show us the way. <laughs> I'll show you the way. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So I can hear the the women in this audience because we're like 88 percent female every defined oh, yeah. and so i can already hear the women going that's great ezekiel sounds like he's really into personal development he's really into his faith and all those things but this dude that i got right here he, he won't even listen to a podcast. He won't even wow. listen to a sermon. He won't read the books that I buy. So I know that you're the co-host of the Band of Brothers podcast and you do your IG Live Bible studies. And that's a focus on men in particular, right? Yeah. And so what what advice do you have for women who are like, I'm doing all the work. I am investing in myself, in my personal development, in my growth. And the person, whether that be a man that I'm interested in or my husband, mm-hmm. he, he not he not doing he not doing it, bro. He not doing yeah. it. what are we going to do. Yeah, I think that that's a super layer question. But my first bit of advice is don't stop. Um, you don't ever arrive when it comes to personal development. You're always learning and you're always growing. So that's one. Number two, I think there is a joint responsibility that we have all together, because I think what happens is we're pitted against each other. So it's the women against the men. Now, they're not growing. Well, they don't they don't want me to grow. Or they're not you know, living up to what they're supposed to. And they're not living up to what they're supposed to be living up to. But there isn't this sense of responsibility that any of us feel towards each other as a family. And if that's not your man, then why haven't you ever looked at him as a brother to say, well, let me pour into you. Let me show you some areas where I saw that you weak for the person that you're going to marry. You're going to need to be strong in this area. Everyone is leaving everyone and casting them to the wolves. And if a woman doesn't live up to a expectation, then we drop them, leave them. But there's no responsibility as a brother and sister to say, hey, this is this is the way that I want to sow into you. This is a seed that I, I believe that God is going to water. Here's what I want to offer you. Here's how I can support you in your growth and in your development. This is the, some advice that I would love to give to you. We're all just running away from people to find 
our perfect soulmate. But what we what we talked about was that pouring in and we should draw a sense of fulfillment, building up our family and seeing, trying to see the best in our family. And if we as a family could all do the same thing, then we would see more growth. Those that are married and have good relationships should be reaching down to reaching. I don't want to say reaching down, well, at least reaching across to other younger couples and saying, hey, this is the way. And look, at this time, if you're a man of God, and you're single or you're married, you don't be just reaching to one man. You need about 10. You need about mm-hmm. 20. We need to be pouring into others. Um, and as far as a woman, hey, these are your brothers. These are your sons. We need to pour into the men of this generation the same way the men need to pour into the to sisters. But if we're all we keep romanticizing and over sexualizing everything, then those that need growth and need to be a husband for that woman or those that need to be a husband for you are being neglected because they weren't somebody's boo. And uh, and it mm-hmm. seems like, well, if a man is not a boo, then or not your boo, then he has no value or he's not worth you pouring into or granting great advice or a good conversation or building up. And so I think we need to work on ourselves in that area. Mm. I know one of the things that you talk about in that space is the difference between identity and personality. Mm. Can you, can you speak to that? Cause I, I, yeah. I believe this is a big struggle for us all, but for men, <laughs> for, yeah. for us all. Yeah, but especially for men. I think it's important for men because, of course, God called us to lead and we're we're supposed to lead and we're supposed to walk in that leadership well, which also aligns our families, the women and the children in our lives. Identity and personality. Identity, I believe, is what God has said, what God has ordained as who you are and who he's called us to be. Personality are things that we've picked up along the way. And oftentimes through course things that have happened in our lives, trauma, neglect, abuse, heartbreak, all of these things can affect our personality, our behaviors. And so now we're just living defense mechanisms. All we're doing is trying to run away from places in our past that hurt us. And we've created these images. Some, some people you might look at as, oh man, And they're so conceited. No, they're not conceited. They're just running away from neglect or they're running away from their insecurity and they're running to the applause. He's showing a six pack because that's the only time people pay attention to him. He's showing his muscles because that's the only thing that's been celebrated. He's macho because that's the only thing he could project that can be respected. Because when he tried to show intelligence, they didn't affirm him in that area. When he tried to be a friend, he didn't get looked out for. He tried to be a son and his father wasn't there. And so all I can be is someone who can pin a woman down because at least I get some attention there. At least I could show my friends that I'm macho because at least they celebrate me there. So they're running to the celebration. And so those personality traits that are kind of escapes from our identity, because what God calls us to actually trumps the things that we went through, no matter what we go through, the identity that God has called us to literally stands and exists. And is not a thing that we can shed off or that we can cover up. Like the prodigal son, I'll just say this, when he came back, the father didn't try to strip him off first. The father put the robe on and said, you are a son. He tried to come back a servant. And so that he tried to come back to do things to prove his identity. And the father said, you were son. As long as you're in my arms, your son, like as long as you're with me, there's nothing that can change the fact that you're my son. And I mm-hmm. think us doing our own thing and us running away from the issues that we have 
tried to convince us that we are our desires. We are the things that have happened to us. We are our conditions. But God is trying to remind us that we are his son first, no matter what title, no matter what title we, we acquire, no matter what title or name has been given to us, we're his sons first. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about that stuff. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I had to write it down that running to the celebration mm. so in my work, in my neck of the woods, I see this so much in terms of finances. Right? Mm. So I see it so much where men will, to the detriment sometimes of the family, spend money on the cars and the dressing up. And like you said, wearing the mask pre-pandemic, wearing the mask, mm. putting on the facade that I have all the things and I, you know, and I'm really doing it, but really secretly they're riddled with debt. Come on. Um, and they've taken their families to the brink of bankruptcy multiple times or all these different things. But when you said running to the celebration, mm. because when you can like, oh, bro, look at the fit, look at yeah. the whip, like yeah. look at the zip code, yeah. hit the whip, yeah. the zip, right? right? Look, yeah. Look at, all, look at okay. the stuff. See, I yeah. might be a, a small there rapper you go. Yeah. myself. I yeah. gift now. <laughs> but that makes so much sense. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about a few people that I know in particular. And when you said try to be a son and mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't received or mm-hmm. um, tried to be a friend and mm-hmm. ended up with friends that took complete advantage of them. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, OK, you I think you probably I don't know about all the other women listening, but you mm-hmm. made some things make sense. Mm-hmm. That to the celebration. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. The big one. I also know that a part of a series that you were doing was about God's original intent. Yes. Yeah. Can you just like just drop a little piece about why that series? Well, I believe like there's no way that we can fully recognize this life of Christ uh, for those of of you that are saved and want to live and walk that walk out. There's no way we could fully understand that unless we recognize that God's intent, his original intent for us, especially starting from men, we're focusing on men. God's original intent for us did not begin when Jesus died on the cross. God's original intent or Jesus dying on the cross is a continuation or a fulfillment of his original intent in the garden. What Christ has done is he has literally brought the garden back in him. And so what what, what, what happened in the garden? Well, in the garden, man had uninhibited fellowship with God and there was nothing that kept a man away from God. Man could communicate. Man had intimacy with God. Man was before each other and they were naked before each other and they were not a ashamed. And so there was authority, there's dominion, there's all of this that God has established. The man was walking in the image of God, knew it, understood it, and was able to embrace it. Man walked in their their responsibility and they were able to to, to do what God has called them to do and to steward what God had given them with no issues. But when sin came, it, it corrupted it caused this separation, but not only this separation and caused them to leave Eden, but this identity was disrupted. And so the dominion that God had established and now man loses sight of what that dominion looks like. And more importantly, work, the idea of work 
became disrupted. And so now I'm working to attain this. I'm, I'm working to attain, like you saw all throughout scriptures, man started to work to attain favor with God. Man tried to use their own hands and what they did to attain, establish relationship with God, establish identity. And so all of it was the cur- The basic curse was the ground is cursed because of you. The ground that used to be a place that gave life, that gave sustenance, now is the place that they would go to and have to work to get daily sustenance. And they would still never be filled and they'll continue to do it until the day that they die. So the place they used to go to fulfillment will no longer fulfill them. And so now we see all of these cycles in our lives when we go to our relationships and we go to that for fulfillment. And now that seems like this curse that comes up dry. And so the curse in and of itself should have been the route that led to the place that we realized this is not enough. Only he is. And that's why Christ is the fulfillment of that. Because now that the ground is cursed, we can now take this path to see this place that led us to death leaves us with no choice but to cling on to Christ that leads us to life because now we don't have to work for our relationship in him. We don't work for intimacy with him. We don't work for identity. We have that in him. And so uh, this is really, it's a beautiful uh, understand, re-understanding of this idea of God's original intent and his original design is now made possible again in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. What is a creation? It's what God did in the beginning. We get to access what God did in the beginning when we fully embrace Christ. Mm. So in that, is there a difference or a distinction between someone thinking about, I want to live my God-given purpose versus God's original intent. Does that make sense? You said, is there a difference between? Between understanding or absorbing this idea of like walking out my God-given purpose and it being in alignment with God's original intent. So, So that doesn't change. What changes is what we think it requires to access it. So, The curse made us believe or has driven us to a place where we believe that our hands can produce what we need. So that's the curse mindset. Now we're going before way the way Adam ate was out of rest. He had identity out of rest. He was able to rest and access identity, rest and access relationship. Now we work to access uh, identity and relationship through our hands. We try to work to access providence and God's providence. And he's like, no, that's not it. In Christ, that's what he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. It's out of a place of rest that we access purpose. Purpose, like you said, purpose is not something that you should be sweating about. Purpose is not something that you feel like is working you to the bones and you you feel dead on the inside. Like sometimes our jobs make us feel dead on the inside and it feels like there's no joy in it. No, there should be peace. There should be life. There should be incentive. I'm going to give a, just a little tip on incentive. God is such a good God that everything that he decided should be purposeful should always have incentive. That means we should enjoy everything purposeful that he wanted us to enjoy. He made fruit have a taste for a reason because he wanted us to eat because we need to eat to survive. So there's purpose there. But he's like, I don't want you to just eat tasteless fruit. I don't want you to just eat it and it be bland to the tongue. So I'm going to give fruit taste and I'll also make it good to the sight. God didn't have to do. It could have been mush because we just needed to get by. 
But it's like, that's not what I want to do. I want to make it look good and taste good because everything that's purposeful, I I want to incentivize it. Same thing, be fruitful and multiply. You didn't just and make the sexual act something that no one enjoys. It's like, I'm about to give you 5,000 nerves. I'm going to give you 9,000 nerves. And I want to encourage you guys to come together without speaking. That incentive is in the pleasure. And so when God is calling us to purpose, he's not calling us to a place of sadness and brokenness and dissatisfaction. It is a place of ultimate joy. The Bible yeah. says, that, that he endured uh, uh, with joy, knowing that the end result was something that would fill him and complete him. And so purpose shouldn't be something that we're sad about, shouldn't be something that we're sweating about and we're laboring for, but something that we, we enjoy and engage in from what rest and that brings pleasure to us. So good. That yeah. was so good. Okay, before I let you go, I have to ask you really quickly what we call redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. Uh, you're just going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. How do you define success? Oh man. Success is actualization is getting it done. I'll call it that. Success is getting it done, reaching the mission, reaching the target, but also reaching back to pull up people that that you came from is it's actually getting in touch with people that you left from not leaving people behind mm. define wealth in three words or less Ooh, wealth in three words or less legacy impact and purpose what's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself oh man the the, the og rich dad poor dad Oh, good. Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. Yes. Fill in the blanks. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Ezekiel Azanu, and the truth about wealth is there is an X factor, and the X factor is obedience. Woo! You better bring it home. You better tie it all in. I love it. Ezekiel, cousin. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much was so good and I know it's going to be such a blessing to so yeah. many. Thank you so much for lending your time, Thank you. your gifts, your voice to this 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 podcast. I'm honored that you would have me and I would be back anytime you need me. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Today's Ask Patrice Anything comes from Lexi in Birmingham, Alabama. She writes, I find it difficult as a multi-passionate person to focus on just one thing. I constantly feel like I'm missing out when I try to put my attention on any particular thing, but I also realize I'm struggling with making anything successful. How do you choose which path you will pursue when you have multiple passions? Lexi, I get this question all the time in Purpose to Platform. It's one of the reasons I ended up adding a clarity coach to the program out of the six coaches that now support me in Purpose to Platform because we encounter so many folks who are multi-passionate. And it's funny because I never considered myself to be multi-passionate. I'm really interested in, at this stage in my life, helping you redefine wealth for yourself. But even those of us who happen to be gifted in multiple modalities. So I can be a podcaster. I can be a speaker. I can do media. I can do brand work. It's still a lot of different things. And I'll tell you what I tell my clients every day. 
This is not about I have to choose one thing and everything else goes to the wayside. I do believe, though, that we have to give ourselves the time to focus on something in particular so that we can stand on that, right? That if you're spread so thin, Lexi, you're never going to make like the purposeful progress that you can make. And I think that sometimes we have to just discipline ourselves, give ourselves a timeline and be more intentional with the activities that we're doing in a shorter period of time. Because for ourselves, we need to see it become successful. We need to see it stand so that we can then add those other things right? Because we don't want to have several wobbly things going on in our lives. We don't want to have several ineffective uh, streams of not income, but hobbies, (laughs) like just things going on that are keeping us busy. Something needs to foundationally be the thing that is going to support everything else. And one of the questions that I know I've asked myself in the past is what breaks my heart right now? Like, where can I best serve right now? Or what is the thing that I can do without gatekeepers and without waiting for other people to validate me, without waiting for other people to choose me? Let me go and pursue that thing, get it to a place that it can stand on its own, and then I will add all these other things that are in my vision, things that I'm thinking about. But it's really hard to pursue multiple things at one time. And what I love about this particular podcast episode is Ezekiel has his hand in several different things. But I think when you look back at his story, first, he became more foundationally known for the spoken word piece. And then I believe what he the the relationship piece that he really launched with his wife that has really grown phenomenally. And then, this, you know, the content spaces that he rents out, which is how I met him. He's multi-passionate and he has multiple streams of revenue and all of these things are working. But I would assume that first he kind of did a deep dive into what would make that spoken word piece successful. And then he used that to leverage. He leveraged that success. He leveraged that notoriety. He leveraged his name right by then. And I'm sure his finances to start to build those other parts. And I think sometimes we feel like a no right now is a no forever, right? But the truth is that everything that's permissible is not beneficial in every season. So in this season, what if you literally did all you could do in the first thing And just kept notes and kept record of all the other things you wanted to do. And then look for the places, right, where you could start to add things and give them an opportunity to build their own legs and stand as well. So not right now is not a no forever. But what is that one thing you can be faithful with for the next 30 days, for the next 90 days, for the next six months or 12 months if you have to, knowing that as soon as as I get this thing standing and really working and really flowing, I will be ready to add the next layer to the vision. Nothing wrong with that. It doesn't all happen overnight. So I hope that helps. And if you have a question you want to submit for Ask Patrice Anything, go to patricewashington.com forward slash Ask Patrice. That's patricewashington.com forward slash Ask Patrice. 
This episode has been absolutely phenomenal. I will be back next week with the last episode of season six of the Redefining Wealth podcast. I'm going to talk to you about my word for the year and the journey that has taken me on. Until next time, I just want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.